been wore out? Just, I mean, it, it's been like 10, 11 days just going and then go right into Super Bowl starting Sunday. So just one of those times where it's just like, you know, all on top of you, but we'll get through next week. And then I got, uh, I think I got a week and a half of the house. So that'll be fine. Are you going down to cook with Dan Patrick for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Nice. That's going to be fun, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do a whole hog on the XL on Friday. That'll be pretty rad. Um, beef ribs on Thursday with support belly burn-ins. And then we'll do uh doing a brunch with a beef tenderloin for Tuesday. Man, that's the, who you think is going to win the game? I don't know, man. That, that's going to be a solid game. I think, yeah, I don't know right now, man. Like, it's interesting because like the chiefs have all the flash, but the Eagles got like that working man mentality, right? Like no big superstar, just a bunch of guys, common goal going after it, you know? Yeah. I didn't think that the chiefs were going to beat Cincinnati. I thought that. No, were... I, I, I thought the way, I thought the way Burrow and Cincinnati were playing, man, they were going to be a tough out for sure. Yeah, I did too. I like the way they play something about yeah. Burrow. He's good. I like Mahomes though, too. I mean, Mahomes has changed the game. He's changed the way that a lot of quarterbacks play in my opinion, but. But well, I think he's changed the way a lot of quarterbacks play, and I think he's changed it the way that a lot of GMs look at quarterbacks. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they, yeah. yeah, they they can't be a, a one tool person anymore. They got to be. Yeah, I, I've seen it at the high school level or the college level that a lot of people are taking his lead. So, well, you you look at it. A lot of guys like him and Burrow both that, that they have so many tools. You know what I mean? They're just not a drawback and 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 wing it kind of guy. Yeah, I think. I don't know. It's almost like what kind of how I don't think Tom Brady was that type of quarterback. Was he? No, I think like he didn't have the arm talent that the rest of these guys, but I think like a Randall Cunningham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, he, yeah, he could pick you apart. Dante Culpepper is another one that Dante Culpepper had a big arm could, could play the game pretty well, but then his legs could just beat you up too. I'd say the best ever got in trouble for a dog for having dog. What, what do you have a, uh, dog yep. cage fights or something but i saw i saw michael i saw i saw vic just went into the quarterback hall of fame or some hall of fame yeah which i mean dude you talk about being able to be forgiven because dude there was there was times where they, they wanted that old boy burned to the cross you know yeah, what I mean? I, he might have had one of the best hall of fame careers ever the way his his he played the game I mean, his trajectory at the time, and then it was just something new and special. You know what I mean? Like, like it just like, man, dude, this guy can wing it down the field 60 yards, but at the same time, he can, you know, he, he can outrun, you know, safeties. Everybody. God, his legs were unreal. He could, he'd be in the pocket and then all of a sudden see an opening and just change the game on any given play. Uh, not that I like to talk about Kaepernick, but he was kind of the same way before they went to more of that pocket offense and changed the way he played the game at his last couple seasons in San Francisco. But um, that's my bet. That's like Vic was a, an exciting quarterback to watch. Mahomes is a, is exciting quarterback. He's just got an intelligence. So he's got a football IQ that's unstoppable. Well, he just got a sports IQ. Just coming from you know his dad being a ball player, this and that. I mean, you just find I think when you, you hang around guys that they're second generation, you know, guys that, that played ball, usually that their kids, I mean, e even if it's not the same sport, they're just the way they approach the game that, that they were taught from a young age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big time. They, they have, uh, I don't know. They football to me is it's probably the most popular sport in America. If I had to guess, I know soccer is the most watched sport in the world, but I, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge football fan. I think that there's a, 
there's there's a ton of injuries and a ton of things that go on in it that that aren't favorable for the long term of a lot of these players but again when i talk like that people think i'm crazy it's just that i've seen so many injuries in there and where i'm going with that is that i saw brady today finally officially announced his retirement but i think brady's like 45 years old like that's nuts to still be playing that type of a game at 45 years old dude i'm i'm 46 and i'm tired out from you know two you know three events and 10 days on the road not you know what I mean? Like, like to, to be able to compete at that level. And, and I think what gets overlooked is the 25 years of off seasons that you got to put in to keep yourself in that shape yep. and during the season two, to be able to hold up to that. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Brady had the one injury, like, like he, as far as missing big time, what do you do? Miss big time? Like once, twice in his whole career. Yeah. Two times. You know? They said, I mean, it, it's unreal. Uh, speaking of professional sports, what about the World Cup when Brazil wins it? Or I mean, I'm sorry, Argentina wins it. Did you see the 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 Salt Bay dude or whatever his name is? Did you see? Like, what is the? Is this guy just crazy? I have no idea, dude. But the the, the way the way that he got freaking no sold that was like the <laughs> awesomest thing ever. Like, yeah, dude, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like that that guy's definitely watched one too many of his own videos. I think. I know that he got popular and pouring the salt down his deal, but like, do you know any of his accreditations with his steakhouse or his way around meat? Did did he grow up in a family of of pure money to start all this stuff? Or like, I no, can't I, figure out any of it. No, I have no clue. And it's funny for like someone that's so in the public domain. There's really nothing about him in the public domain. You know what the I mean? Real, so yeah, like, it's like the, I don't know if he's a trust fund kid that just got a whole bunch of money to to put on this show and monetized it or or what it is, but uh, it's definitely an interesting phenomenon. I, I think he's uh, barks a lot more than his bike. Yeah, I think I, I can't figure him out. I went to his place in New York city in October and it was, it was good. And there's some like, you know, there's some stuff to look at when you're walking through it. They got these big freezers of meat and they're all gold wrapped and they got celebrities names on them and stuff. But as far as like the taste of the meat, like I've, like I, I've had a lot better, you know, bone in tomahawk ribeyes. I've had a lot better meals i should say for the amount of money that we paid because of his success or his so-called quote unquote celebrity i've had a lot better overall meals have you have you had any of his stuff i have not never have huh no part part of me kind of like used like the curiosity killed me but not that bad yeah i went (laughs) in i i made a reservation when i saw the bill i was like oh wow like they're very proud of what they're doing and uh, it's it's an experience don't get me wrong and the service was nice he's got a great panel service he was not there that night but like the 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 whole thing about him coming to your table and being all dramatic with his knife and cutting his cutting the steak for you like that's that is so over the top in my opinion that it's like dude you you've got to chill out for a second but again the social media the social media has completely changed the way people look at themselves people look at each other people critique each other people judge each other like it's completely changed the entire format of how we live our lives like that guy truly thinks he's special because of this social media following and it's like how did he get to be so he's bigger than any of the wolfgang pucks or the gordon ramseys or any of them guys i mean i'm not saying that he's a, i mean he's got to be as successful with the the restaurants he keeps putting up in different parts of the world but man he has got a following that 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 you can't argue with no and then there's something to be said for that you know i mean it's 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 
you know, if you look at it, I mean, it's pure marketing genius. You know what I mean? When you can have a product that's, you know, inferior, but still gets a extremely high premium, you know what I mean? That that's, and once again, are, are you buying the steak? Or are you buying the experience? And that's what he's, he's kind of wrapped it all up into that experience and that memory. And, and, and that's another thing too, you know, when I have this discussion all the time, when people talk about classes and different things like this, and it's like, you know, you, you can get advice anywhere. There's a ton of it for free. You know what I mean? Super easy. But disseminating that advice, having access to someone, hearing stories off the cuff, those type of things, that's a whole experience, which, is, you know, after COVID, you know, people always liked experiential type things. You know, we did them at Traeger a bunch. You know, they, they, they were things people enjoyed. I feel like even after COVID, after that kind of solitude and that timing, people are even more into getting out, wanting more experiences, wanting to gather with like-minded people, learn shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to me, I think that's what he did was he took this steak and sitting down at dinner and said, how do you add personality, flame, glitz, you know, all that shit, um, and, and, and making something premium where people yearn for it. You know, so really, if you look at it, it's probably executive MBA lesson in marketing at its finest. Yeah, over a social media platform because that's the only place I've ever seen him is on on social media. Yeah, yeah, you've not you've never seen him on a mainstream TV show or anything like that. I mean, he he made his own story and told it there. Yeah, and his restaurants all over. I mean, yeah. I don't know exactly where they're at. I know Saudi Arabia and New York, and they're putting them in all over uh, Europe right now. Like, I think South America, he's got one going in. Like, he's got a lot of a lot of leverage on the game. It's just like. How it'd be an interesting story or a, an interesting read to find out how he got his start and is he really qualified? Is he uh, a badass meat master chef, pit master? You know, like what what are his qualifications? Does he know how to cook? Because he's he's brought new light to how to make it fun. You know, the way he stabs onions or the way he cracks eggs, and like he's got this flair to him that is interesting to watch. Of like, dang it, man, why didn't I think about doing stuff like that? You know. Or, or for the rest of your life, you could probably only watch social media clips inspired by him, and you would probably never have to quit scrolling. Yeah, you think like you know I mean? he is he's got he's got uh yeah, I guess so, man. If you besides the stuff from the World Cup, I mean his stuff was on fire. I mean, every actor, every rapper, everybody that was anybody was in his steakhouses getting that pampered chef kind of treatment and it just it just makes you wonder, like, man, I got to go check this out. This must be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, ne- ne- next time you make a reservation, call me up. I'll, 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 I'll try it on your down building. <laughs> no, I'll try it on yours and Jeremy's. I think, uh, uh, you know, I was walking through his his place in New York, and in in the in the meat rack, it had two pieces of meat wrapped up for a person that I thought was a self acclaimed vegan. The guy we just talked about, Tom Brady, they literally were big. And I don't know if it's a joke that news or at or whatever his name plays, but they were wrapped up in the gold foil, which I guess is like the 24 karat steak. And they had Tom Brady's name on it. Like he had him reserved to come in there with a group of people. Like, I wonder if Tom Brady is getting off of the vegan train or if that was all a hoax or, or if he eats meat once in a while. I don't know. I don't know that I would be curious to that. I, I know Ryan Jansen is centered pretty well. Um, and we've, like, I don't know, like, I, I would think, don't quote me on this, but I, I believe that he does eat some protein throughout. I think it's more of a vegan-based diet, but um, he's still, 
uh, has the occasional splurge of some uh, red meat or some protein outside of it. So uh, they, that could be true. That actually be kind of rad. You see two big ass bone in dry age gold wrapped ribeyes up there with your name on them. Yeah, and I like like I said, I didn't know if it's a marketing thing where people walk by and went, wow, look at that. And there was a bunch of like George Clooney and all these yeah. celebrities that have their names on these steaks to where they're going to come in there at a later date and enjoy them. But what, where where are you at in the in the the meat game? What have you been getting after as far as have you been turning to anything or leaning on anything specifically lately? Nah, man. I well, lately I've been on. Uh, I guess I did it at Duck Camp. I just did it at another event. Um, I've been liking the the New York strip loins. So, you know, I, I, then, you know, I'm usually either a ribeye or a filet guy. Um, probably getting more to the filet now than the ribeye. I've been trying to, you know, nothing wrong with some animal fats. I've been trying to trim down a little bit. And, uh, but I found these New York strips and usually a New York strip by itself. I don't absolutely love, not my favorite steak. Um, but when, when I cook it in that whole, that whole loin, I cook it like a prime rib, usually smoke it. Sometimes I'll smoke it all the way through at 225 super smoke on the Traeger till about 128. Other times about the last hour, I'll crank it up to 375 and kind of really caramelize that outside. Either way, it's a, a, a great roast that feeds a lot of people. And what I like about it over a prime rib is you don't have all that fat in the middle uh, between the cap and the, uh, and the ribeye itself. And so I've been cooking that a, a lot lately, probably three or four times in the last couple of months at bigger events. It holds well. Um, and it's just really, really delicious. It's been hitting it with a little bit of uh, Dijon mustard as a slather. And then uh, my whiskey bent the rocks with a little bit of the whiskey bent uh, Kendrick and show Americana over the top. And it's been, uh, it's been really good. I, I, I really like it. And you, know, you can get it down to that perfect medium rare and it holds a, a while that way. Do you ever put any kind of, do you, like sauces on steaks at all i don't man if i do anything like sauce wise like i do really like that that new w uh sauce that worcestershire sauce that's out a lot of times i'll take some garlic um a little bit of shallot and some w sauce with some butter and mix all that up real well uh roll it back out uh into a tube and then freeze it as a compound butter and uh when i pull the when i, when I slice the roast and put the piece on somebody's plate, I'll put a little medallion of that butter on there and that butter will melt over it and gives a little bit of the, little bit of the, the Worcestershire sauce without like going over the top sauce wise. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. And another one, I will say occasionally, like if you're there or if I'm having a steak in New York at somebody's house, you can usually always find a bottle of Peter Luger's steak sauce. And a little bit of Luger steak sauce on the side. You know, if you're up there, you just kind of got to do it out of tradition. But that's really the only one I ever touch a piece of red meat with. And what's it called? Peter Luger's? Yeah, Luger's. Yeah. It's a New York based deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. So he's got a steakhouse there in New York. Old school steakhouse. Just that wood wall mafioso type, you know, steakhouse. Been around for years. And I was actually up there cooking for the uh, uh, one of the executives for the New York Knicks. And we got all the food out, and he's like, Chad, you going to get offended if we pull that Luger sauce out? I was like, nah, man, that'd be the only sauce I wouldn't get offended with. Um, he's like, man, we we put that stuff on everything. So uh, it was it was kind of funny. Ooh, I got to look into that. I'm sure you can get it online, huh? Yeah, yeah, you can. 
So what about the new Timberline XL? I've been cooking on it a ton. I'm getting ready to do filet mignon and then an induction. Uh, Mendez gave me some bluefin ahi and I'm Ooh. getting ready to throw down on some surf and turf right now. It's the Traeger just got turned on. It'll be ready for when we're done with this podcast. But this, this unit's badass, ain't it? This Timberline XL. Yeah, man. I really enjoy it. I like it. Um, you know, the, the one thing, you know, I'll tell a quick story that kind of sells the grill without me having to. Uh, back when we were doing, and so I, I've had one, we launched it. I had one about three months before that, probably about the same as you. And uh, I was cooking on it for one of our uh, Zoom classes that we were hosting at Traeger, and it was prime rib. And, uh, of course, they can't see the grill I'm cooking on, so I just cooked it on the, the Timberline because it wasn't out yet. Um, and, you know, class gets done. You know, I, I walk him through it. Prime rib was done. I pull it out. I literally took one slice because I was traveling the next day. Took one slice, cut it off, cut it in a couple of chunks, ate one. I remember thinking, man, that has a really good smoke profile to it, like almost like off a stick burner. And that's all I thought about it. Didn't think anything of it. Wrapped it up tight. Got in the Uber to go to the airport next day. Called my dad, said, hey, dad, there's literally a whole prime rib minus one slice in my fridge. You know, go go over to the house and get it. And you guys eat on it, you know, because it'll it'll no reason for it to stay at my house. I'll be it'll be dead, done by the time I get back. So he gets home that night, made some sides, calls me after they had dinner, and he's like, "Man, what is the new recipe that you did on this prime rib? This is the best one you've ever cooked." And I said, "Well, what'd you like about it?" He's like, "Man, it was just so much smokier." He's like, "It was really really good." And uh, I said, "Dude, I changed absolutely nothing. I just cooked it on the new Traeger." He's like, well, I'm gonna need one of them when they come in. He's like, I'll pay full price. He's like, that thing, uh, he's like, that thing was special. Um, and for me, that's it. I, I like the smoke profile. I like the the grates, not the, the 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 grates, I should say, up top. I like if I'm doing ribs, I can have a third grate. Um, and, and then the cleanup on it. I think the cleanup on that rig is super, super simple. Um, so to me, that would be the the three top selling points. How about you and your experience? I just, you know, I'm a reverse sear guy since hanging out with you. And I just think that, you know, having that induction to where the, the, the direct heat and getting it that hot, that fast and being able to do your entire meal right there, whether you throw some asparagus on there or Brussels sprouts, or, you know, you, you got your vegetable going, you can do, you can put a pot on there and do a mashed potato. You can do some kind of rice. You can do a starch on there, and then you can pull your meat straight from the rack and put it on a little oil or butter, like you're saying, and and hit a reverse sear to get a bark or a crust on it. And I don't know. I just think like that's a, uh, you know, something that to be said about all inclusive in one area to be able to knock all of that out. And then, yeah, that cleanup part of it is simple, totally simple at the end of it with, you know, with the fans in it and how everything is put into to one place now without really needing a, a commercial vacuum or a wet dry vac anymore. I just love the idea that I can be self-contained with that lid being open, meat to the induction to my searing plate, whatever I'm using, cast iron or a different material. And then, you know, like I said, I could have prepared my starch and my vegetables while the meat was getting some smoke on it. Um, I did speckle bellies off of it the other night, full body speckle bellies plucked with a big 24 inch cast iron waiting on a protein propane flame because I didn't, I actually didn't have that. Uh, the, I didn't have anything that 
would the my skillet is like 24 inches and it was too yeah. big for the induction unit but just pulling them off of there and that smoke flavor that you get on that skin i mean i have videos i could put online or show you that people were flipping out over the medium rare speckle belly meat so there is something different about the flavor profile the smoke profile on it it just makes food taste the best i've ever had off of it and like i said doing these filet mignons i've done so much beef on it i've been on a huge beef kick and i just got two pigs uh, three days ago from the 4-H, so I'll get some pork going now. But my beef kick has been ongoing for the last year, and everything comes off of that Timberline XL. It's an amazing way to get a, a restaurant-quality steak. And that's what I was saying about, like, Uzerat or any of these guys at these high-end steakhouses. I'd become a snob, man. I could go anywhere and in any any place in the country now. I could go to the highest-end steakhouse, Chad Ward, and I'm just like, ah. And, and people in my circle say the same thing, like, we just need to cook these at home on that Timberline XL because our steaks are as good, if not better. The experience is there through that Timberline. No, it, it really is. And, and that's one of the things too, you know, I don't, you know, I was trying to think of the last steakhouse I ate out at. Um, usually it's for my birthday because I don't feel like cooking my own birthday steak. Um, but that, you know, and there's a ta- there's a place here in town that's been here. You know, I'm at home in Lakeland forever called Lakeland Cattle Company. And that's usually where we go for birthdays and they make a pretty good steak. They cook it over Oak. Uh, so that's something that I really don't get, you know, off the Traeger. So they cook it over Oak. Um, so it's a little different flavored steak. So I don't mind it once a year, but yeah, there's a lot of times, you know, Julie and I'll be talking like, Oh man, next time we're out on the road, we need to get a steak. And it's like, why? We'll just wait till we're here. I'm at your house and we'll just cook it ourselves. You know, cause they're so damn good. They are. They really, they, that, that Traeger is, it's next level that Timberline XL. And I well, hope well, that. And I find too, right now with, with meat costs being so high, unless you're out there like me and you and buying, you know, whole animals, you know, the prices are ridiculous. So being able to smoke and put it on a, put a lesser quality cut of meat on a grill, that's not going to dry it out, et cetera. You know, that helps pay for itself a bit too. Um, you know, as you can trade down from prime to choice and still have a pretty damn good dining experience. And you can cook a great sirloin on it. And top sirloin gets gets a bad rap to where uh, there's just so much that you could do. Like I made this, I made a cast iron uh, fajita mix on it the other day where I got the vegetables going on the induction. Took took the, uh, the, the sirloin right off of the grill, straight to the cutting board on the right side, sliced it up, added it to my fajita and onion mix with a little bit of rub and bam, you got a fajita mix done in a matter of seconds. Because of that induction unit being right there. It's just, it's quick turn of a knob. Everything is, uh, I mean, I haven't seen any hiccups with it. And I know that, you know, anything can happen. And that's what, you know, in today's world, that's why we have maintenance departments and warranties and all that. But Traeger's always there to educate the end consumer that, you know, this is what can be done or send it in or here's a new part or whatever the case might be. I haven't had one hiccup and I have abused my Timberline. Like I use it a lot. Yeah, I've, um, I haven't had any issues with mine either. Um, and like I said, I, I got an early on unit, you know, the beta unit, and I haven't had any problems. It's it's ran really smooth. Um, and 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 I'll tell you, you know, I'm excited about that. And then you know, we've got we've got I don't know when this podcast to come out, but we've got a couple of uh, new things here around the corner that'll be propping up soon. We can't talk too much about those today, but um, it, it's good to see that Timberline technology being used in some other models, like we we talked about, like we always do at Traeger. Um, you know, taking that investment and when we find these these uh breakthrough innovations being able to roll those down the product line a little bit yeah i've been privy to some of this information through the network and it's uh 
I'm fired up for it. It's just like it's 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 like you want to be able to do this. You know, if you're in your backyard, you want to be able to grill or you want to be able to make an awesome breakfast on some piece of equipment. Well, that's what that's what I see of Traeger is so innovative is that they they bring new technology to things that might have not been, you know, trailblazed by them or invented by them. But they bring the ease of use to it to where you're getting the difference in the Traeger stuff is is put in a nutshell like this, in my opinion, Ward, is it gives you rest. It gives you the best flavor that you're ever going to have. I, I don't want to say restaurant quality flavor, because I just said that I think our flavor is better than most restaurants, but it gives you, if you learn from guys like you and other people that are associated with the Traeger brand and you learn the art of dry rubbing and the art of aging and the art of room temperature and the art of slicing and the art of brisket and all of this stuff, you know, there is so much to be said that you, the Traeger technology is making the flavor of your food that much more enjoyable. I don't care what you say. If you put up this steak that we're getting ready to cook right now off of this smoke to that induction reverse sear, it, I, I would take it against the charcoal or propane, any or gas, any day of the week. I truly would. And I think that that's what Traeger continues to do is it teaches people how to be better with their flavor profiles. And that's what I'm proud of to be associated with it. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like, you know, the consumer buying the grill is just the beginning of the experience. You know, it's, why we have the app. It's why we put so much into the website and recipes and education. Um, if you look at our socials, I mean, it's all driven towards building the community and building the community through education. Um, because obviously the more people can know and learn about something and apply it, um, the more they want to do it. You know, the, the more you get better at something, the more you want to you put in more reps and, and become even better. And so for us, that's the key to the community is keeping them engaged keeping them on the trigger, trying new recipes, trying new things, getting outside the comfort zone a little bit. And I just really owning that entire outdoor cooking experience. Yeah. Owning it. I mean, it is an experience. And I think that that's, um, you know, we've had, we went from COVID to where everybody was spending a lot of time in their backyard. Were those drumsticks you just picked up? They were. Are you drumming now? I'm not drumming now. They just got given to me the other night after one of the shows. And I just saw them here. I was like, Oh, it's cool. Who, what band? It was, it was Montana's man. We played a, uh, a concert with the Trollco guys, uh, for a big event they had. Um, so we were there for Trollco and old boy and it was just a great night. And the drummer came on stage. He's like, I think we're going to look back on this night. as like just a really awesome night. You should keep these. I'm like, all right, done. Nice little Vic Firth. I like those sticks. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that that overall experience is what, you know, you got to know it in COVID. A lot of people were spending more time in their backyards, but now the demands for people to be gone are coming back. And, and, and you don't want to get away from that because those, what you just said, those steps you were taking to master this backyard experience, people don't want to leave that. They want to keep those reps coming, you know? So of course people are, of course people are going to eat out and of course they're going to, they're going to order in and they might not necessarily grill out every single day, but I've dedicated or committed to doing so much more, even though my schedule doesn't permit it. I, when I'm around, I'm always on that Timberline XL. And it yeah. kind of sucks because the, I know I love the Ironwood 885 and I've kind of gotten away from using it as much unless I'm on the road. Cause I have two of them in my trailer. You know, it's my go. It's always been my go-to just because of that barrel on there is just, is so dead on. Yeah, I agree. The 885 is, it, it's funny right now because usually I've got an 885 and I've got the regular Timberline since it's usually just me here uh, or just Julie when she visits. So I, I don't need the big XL. Um, 
And my 885 is actually at my shop right now because we had an event down there. Um, so it looked kind of weird going out there today because that's usually my setup is an 885 and a Timberline. And, um, and yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of the 885. I think it, uh, the Ironwood is that perfect between, you know, on the Timberline and the Pro Series um, and, and just always been a workhorse. To me, like, before the new Timberline came out, you know, you give me a Pro 34 or Ironwood 885 and I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah, I agree 100%. What is what is the, um, as far as the overall feeling of you, what you have right now on a national basis, let's just talk domestically here in the lower 48. Um, are, the, are the consumers getting fired up again for products like this to where we did have a little bit of a slowdown? Yeah, there was a lull, you know, where people just, you know, they, they wanted what they hadn't had, which was travel and getting on airplanes and, you know, going and seeing people and catching up with family. Um, but I think what we have seen in kind of our research and just honestly consumer behavior is, you know, there's still those lasting memories of getting together around food at your house from COVID and it opened people up to like, we really enjoy this. So yeah, while people are out traveling this and that, when they are coming back home, they're wanting more of that time, you know, at the house, you know, cooking together. So while they're not cooking as much, they're still cooking probably a little bit more than they were pre-pandemic. Um, and the other thing, too, that's kind of played in our favor is, you know, for anybody that's went out and knows, I mean, restaurants are having a hell of a time finding good labor right now. And, and, and you know, just the cost of meal is super high just so those guys can make a buck and try to keep the doors open. Um, so, you know, you, you can also cook at your house a little bit cheaper during some of these tougher uh, macroeconomic times. Yeah, it's a great point. And I think that people are, you know, at, at one time, you know, like, well, how much can we budget to buy, you know, a, a couple yeah. thousand dollar grill, you know, well, I think that if you do the math of what you can get done on that grill with getting, you know, food, you know, cheaper through a supermarket or buying a whole animal or whatever, there's so yeah. many options out there today. What are some of the options out there? I want you to cook with this American almond beef, man. I really got to get some in your hands so I could get your opinion on it. It's freaking taken over, Ward. I'm telling you, it's good. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, need, I need to. I'll let you know next time I'm in town for a little bit. Yeah. So what are the options out there? How, or, or what are, what do we have going on as far as like some customized butchers and meat shops out there that you would direct people to? You know, I, well, you know, as, as far as meat shops and stuff, you know, I would say, you know, for me, what I've been doing recently is I, I've got a, a small butcher in town and I've got a meat distributor over in Tampa that I deal with. Um, the local market in town, man, and, and just go in and get to know your butcher. Um, you know, he's the kind of, you know, especially if you like to cook, you go in, check in on him once or twice a week, find out, you know, what he's a little bit long on, you know, what he can cut you a little, little butcher's, you know, discount on. And the other thing that'll make you do is it'll make you learn new recipes. Um, you know, hey, man, I got short ribs on sale today. Dude, maybe you've never done this something with short ribs. Instead of saying no, buy it, get that good deal. Go to the Traeger app, go to the Traeger website, use other resources if you like. I know you got a pretty good cookbook out there that'll teach folks how to cook a whole lot of different things they're building. And, um, you know, pull on those resources and try something new. Um, you know, the other thing I think during these times, and you kind of brought it up earlier, is sirloins. You know, trading down to sirloin steak, that, that's not a big trade down. If you're reverse searing it, um, seasoning it right, um, it's it's phenomenal. Um, so just looking at some of those places to trade down or just find a good opportunity. Uh, and then if you have a meat distributor, just buying more in bulk. You know, I'll go over to, to Sean, the guy I use here, Mass Purveyors in Tampa, 
and I'll buy a case of tri-tips. Well, I only need them one at a time. So if they're not individually cryovacked, I'll individually cryovac them and put them away. Um, but that's going to save you as little as 20 cent on the pound up to, you know, 60 to 80 cents. So just looking at some of that bulk buying also, um, and just, you know, a, a great investment's always a good uh, shrink wrapper. You know, having yourself a vacuum sealer that you can not only vacuum seal raw meat, but you can cook a little bit bigger cuts, get, you know, cook a whole butt or cook a whole brisket. And then once it's done and cooled down, pack that off into one, one and a half, two pound bags, depending on your family size and have dinner for a couple of nights, you know, throughout the year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A vacuum sealer, ooh, worth its yeah. weight in gold. I don't know, have you worked with the company Meat at all? Have you seen the company Meat out there, Meat Your Maker? I, I haven't. Um, I, I know Pittman works with them um, and, and uses their stuff all the time. Uh, it's actually one of the companies I'd like to try a little bit of their stuff and uh, and see how it is because everybody I see that post about it seems to, seems to like it. It seems to be at a price point that doesn't break the bank. Yeah, the grinder. They have yeah. two grinders. They just come out with the new dual grinder that I use the heck out of. Um, we just did 60 Canada geese with pork butt, street tacos, enchiladas, lasagnas, pasta sauces, Mexican dishes. Like that meat, like I we made it yesterday for lunch on a street taco, speckle belly street taco. And like, it's like you get, it's amazing flavor. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you work it in with good dry rub and seasoning and stuff. Well, you could get rid of a lot of geese because, I mean, when you're hunting and living off the land, you might you might go on a three day hunt and kill a bunch of birds, and you wanna you wanna live off the land. You wanna ethically eat those animals, and you don't want them to be gamey. There's so many different approaches to that. So yeah, their 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 entire product line from their their vacuum sealers to their grinders to all their saws to their tumblers to their dehydrators. I mean, they got they have a great line of product. It's all it's it's a genius line of product that you know obviously some butchers had some say in it and they they got some money behind it and they 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 have a just a great line of dependable product that new dual grinder i highly recommend it but like what you're saying their vacuum sealer is great and every single thing that i've used so i highly well, recommend the meat products and the product that they have there that's the sleeper that nobody thinks about that you mentioned is the tumbler you talk about taking a very inexpensive piece of meat and tenderizing it before you ever put it on the grill and you can do that through a tumbler. What a tumbler does is you're going to put your marinade in there. You're going to put your piece of meat in there and it's going to seal up and create a vacuum. And it's just going to, like it says, it's just going to go round and round like a big, like a, like a dryer. And while it's doing that, it's pulling a vacuum. And when you're pulling that vacuum, that vacuum forces the marinade into the meat. And when it does that, you've got this acid that'll now start breaking down those tougher muscle fibers <laughs> Um, on the cheaper cuts and that's how you take a cheap cut and make it very very tender before it even hits uh the traeger which is going to do its job to keep it nice moist and tender also so talk about marrying two things together those two pieces of equipment will take a cheap cut of meat and make it very very delicious yeah speaking of that type of that when you're listening to you talk sous vide are you a fan of it do you recommend it i know a lot of restaurants are using it is it cheating a french bath a hot water bath whatever you want to say sous vide means but is it cheating or hey if it's going to make your meal better and uh, it's a way of getting you know meat to taste right do you like it do you like to take it out of the sous vide and put it on a grill and get some grill marks on it and some smoke on it do you like sous vide I prefer, so all the reverse sear is what I call a redneck sous vide. So it, it, sous vide is just a sterile reverse sear, in my opinion, because what you're doing is 
I just feel like the reverse here itself lends to more flavor, but also lends to a little more air if you don't pay attention, right? You can smoke it too long, it goes over, and you never get to caramelize it. To me, on the sous vide, if you get that sous vide set to 120, that steak's never going to go over 120. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you're going to do a sous vide, I definitely agree having a screaming hot grill. If you're going to pull it out at 120, you've got to hit each side, uh, you know, a minute, minute and a half for your desired doneness just to get a little bit of caramelization. Or to me, it just eats like water bath meat. Um, but I will still take the reverse sear over the sous vide, but I'm not going to knock the sous vide because I understand the purpose. I've had some pretty good meat off of it, but it's always come off a Traeger at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to have a little something there at the end to, to pop up the flavor. Um, I do feel like when you sous vide, you can season a little more aggressively just because that's the only place you're going to get flavor from besides those last couple of minutes on the Traeger. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I hate to say the word cheat because I get to each their own, but man, I've always said that about a crock pot. Like you put slow cook something in a crock pot and I'd rather, you know, do it in tin and on a Traeger with smoke and, and slow cook a pork butt or slow cook a, a, a roast that's going to break down into some pulled beef sandwiches or something or goose sandwiches. But you can't argue the fact of these, these pressure cookers, these, these crock pots, these, uh, what about these um these air fryers? Instapot. I mean the Instapots, oh. these air fryers. I mean, these <laughs> things are awesome. So, like Julie's been trying to get me to get an air fryer for like four years, five years, however long we've known each other. And I finally broke down like six months ago and I bought one. And in a crank, you know, instead of getting Uber Eats, yeah, you know, like like if you got 10 minutes, you can't fire up the grill. Yeah, grabbing something out of the fridge and putting it in there, it does it. You know what I use it for more than anything, building is warming up leftovers. Oh, really? Like it, yeah, the air fryer does a great job at, like, warming up leftovers and not drying them out. Or, like, sometimes, like, if I'm going to do, like, a low-carb, like, pulled pork burrito, from like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'll take the pulled pork, just put it on a little plate, throw it in the air fryer. Well, that air will actually kind of make it, like, carnitas, like, give it a little bit of, like, a crisp on the outside. Yep. And then, yeah, just throw that in a, a low-carb tortilla, a little bit of green chili, and you're good. That's all I've really found to use it for. But, yeah, you know, I grew up on, like, because both of my parents worked, so I like I grew up on a whole shit ton of crockpot meals. And so as I became an adult, I have not used the crockpot too much. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't like putting it out there. Like, I think it's cheating because it's not, you know, to each their own. But you got to feed your family. And I just, I don't know. There's better ways to do it. But again, if I invented the crock pot, I probably would not be having this conversation with you. I would, uh, I'd be a little bit proud of it. What, um, what are you thinking about the future? Like, are you, are you slowing down? Are you fired up more than ever? I know you're getting ready to go do the Super Bowl, but what, 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 what personally? How's old boy doing? How's whiskey bent doing? Talk to me a little bit. Dude, man, I'm I'm still running and gunning, excited, you know, happy to get up every day and have a full plate of stuff to do, even a little bit overflowing, but I'm sure not going to bitch about that. Um, you know, Traeger stuff's going great. You know, we, we've got a great 2023 lined up ahead of us. You know, we got this couple of product introductions that we're stoked to get out there relatively soon and just have a nice slate of things that, that's going on there. Uh, the old boy brand is... Really, 2023 is a big year for us. We're talking to some retailers right now. 
Uh, just had a really good uh, conference out in Phoenix. Uh, we did an event out there for the Mid-State Buying Group. Um, Troll brought me out to me and Julie and John, little Josh from Canada, 666 Grill, uh, along with our buddy Jay and Travis in Arizona. They helped us. We put on a real nice dinner for about 100. And then Tim and his band got on stage and did what they do and brought all the energy and a lot of just good positive vibes coming out of that. Uh, we got the Old Boy Podcast. We'll finally be launching uh, here in uh, either mid Fed, mid to late February. Exact date is coming very soon. But uh, looking forward to that. Going to have some really good interviews. Had a chance to talk with Jocko and Dudley when I was out of tack with them. Uh, lining up a podcast with Griffey over at uh, the Arturo Fuente corporate offices in Ybor City uh, here in February. Um, just a lot of fun things going on with that that gets me excited. Um, and then the whiskey bent brand, we um just actually this morning spent my time getting final permitting uh on our build out of our new world headquarters, about 24,000 square feet. Um, we're bringing our co-packer over from St. Pete. Uh, that'll be in the same building with us. And then we'll have our whiskey bent barbecue supply store, which will also have the Traeger shopping shop. It'll have an old boy shopping shop. And then it'll have a classroom uh, that also double as our content creation lab. So that'll hopefully be opened in April or May. Stay tuned. We're going to do a big uh, block party for that when we open it up. And uh, this year is also our 10th anniversary of the store. So we're planning a uh, pretty good event in September of October. That'll be a uh, charitable based uh, one of the local charities here. That's near and dear to my heart called kids pack where we make sure that uh every homeless kid goes home with a backpack of food every weekend during the school year and uh we also have some programs during the summer uh to take care of those children in need too so awesome year man stoked you know the, the one thing I, I gotta make sure of this year that i didn't last year is i only had one hunting trip this year building um and that was actually i guess first weekend of january so i technically last year only had that same duck trip um, but then they didn't get out doing deer hunting this year. Nothing of that nature, man. I got to change that next year, old boy. Well, come on. I've been inviting you too. I'd love you to come to my, my camps again. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll have to get that figured out. I definitely uh, want to make some time for that this year. Cause, uh, I guess not doing it as much last year. I realized I kind of grown used to it and, and enjoyed it. Oh man, we had a great season. A lot of, a lot of high energy. I'm glad that proud to hear old boys starting to rip off and, uh, to get, get off the ground big time and going into some retail whiskey bent's always been strong. You guys have always kicked butt in all the rubs and all the supplies and accessories. I'd love to come down to the uh, block party, get on the old boy podcast. Don't forget about me, buddy. Never man. Never give me a quick update on you. I hadn't heard what all was going on with banded provider, all that fun stuff, man. Give me a rundown uh banded stronger than ever we're uh we're proud of it we're uh dude i see you know it, it, it's funny when i hate to cut you off but it, i think you'll appreciate this part of it then you know duck camp i'm sure you saw our little story about making a making a little trip over to little rock with bob and some of the guys but literally i want to say you know you saw how i was dressed like i'm usually dressed t-shirt loudmouth shorts ball cap going into this inauguration but then i know there was at least three guys in banded gear um, and there was a couple other in Sitka, but yeah, Bandit was uh, well represented at the uh, inauguration when we went in there and crashed it. <laughs> yeah, they uh, we 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 had a strong year. We're real strong in Arkansas, the South, the Southeast, and we got a lot of plans for this year. <clears throat> our our casual line has been launched and it's kicking butt. We're adding a bunch of SKUs to that. Um, 
as far as the decoy line, I, we, we're really up in our decoy game with a lot of additions to our greenhead gear line. So Bandit's rocking. The foul life is kicking butt. We uh, just got done filming season 15. We actually have one more trip for spring snow geese of Benelli's. This, uh, the foul life season 15 will air starting in July on the outdoor channel. Um, you know, the provider, the cookbook's kicking butt. We just ran, went into our second run of the cookbook. We're at the Western Outdoor Show with Mendez and my assistant Jennifer starting tomorrow. We got a big booth up there with Peak Refuel and the and uh, all of the all of the dry rubs and everything we're doing with the provider. And then my duck call company, Jargon, is, um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's the turkey calls have taken off. Our goose calls took off. And we added a new duck call called the Mega Four that just blew up last year and it became a favorite of a lot of hunters all over the country so i'm proud of jargon and then a lot of other stuff going on ward with aab american almond beef and we got some new brands getting ready to launch this month off of um, our feed line and our commodity line in california that we're going to be in the deer game we're going to be in the elk game the feed game the horse and rodeo game so just trying to diversify as much as possible and, and just keep working man yeah, and I think that's a good piece of advice for all entrepreneurs is when the opportunities come up to diversify, it's a great, it's a great thing. It, it allows you to to get out of you know your comfort zone, you know, the, the place that you've lived and you've known your whole life. Um, but take what you've learned in business and just general life dealings and applying it to another area. Um, I feel like it's kind of steel on steel, you know, especially if you surround yourself with industry experts uh, in that field. Um, it's, it's a great experience and yeah, it's a little bit scary at times, but, uh, it's well worth it once you get into it, I'd say. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that, you know, the, the, the more opportunities that come, you know, you gotta be good at saying no to the ones that you're not going to be able to put a good foot forward to. And I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. You get wrapped up into something thinking it's a good idea. And then you're like, man, I don't have any energy or time freedom to put into it. And then I got my daughter who's 12, just turned 12 on New Year's Eve. And her volleyball career is kicking off. And she's traveling on a traveling team, a 13 and 14 year old traveling team now. And so I love watching her play volleyball. So I'm trying to not miss any of her tournaments. But it is what it is, man. I mean, I, you know, God put us on earth uh, for a reason. He's got a path for all of us, in my opinion. I think that the entrepreneurial spirit is awesome. I'm I'm proud to have it, even though I'd like to be better at it. I like to I, I'd like to become better at listening and becoming more of a sponge and being more coachable and being more teachable. You know, all of those assets and traits that you try to learn as a kid. As now I'm in my 40s, I want to become even better at all of them. I want to be a better entrepreneur. And I think that, you know, one thing that we miss out on in life a lot is that we lose our individuality because of family, because of kids, because of a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. And I don't, I've always stressed Ward that I want to keep my individuality because I feel like we're, we're no matter if you have kids and a family, you still got to keep your own path too. So I yeah. want to be a businessman. I want to see Bandit thrive. I want to see Avery thrive and Jargon and and the foul life and the provider and everything. And you know, I like having friends like you that are doing the same thing and hearing of your success because it's not easy. It's it's uh, to 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 build a national brand. You know, you got two percent of them that survive the inc infancy stage. You know, the incubation yeah. stage. So to do it and to get it off the ground like you've done and what Tim's doing with his music career and what Pittman's doing with Meat Church. And and what Traeger has done and what Denny continues to do. And all these guys are just, if you don't sit back and go, man, these guys were in my life for a reason. I've learned so much from you and cooking and business and Denny and Jeremy Andrus and, and all of this network. Like I don't sit here and go, man, this is mine. Like there's a, there's got, there's a higher power that has brought 
my ability to duck hunt with George Brett or meet Ken Griffey Jr. Or you're down there in the Super Bowl. Like there's a higher power, you know, you the, and you know, the common denominator is good people and good food and good times. But to 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 identify those opportunities and to be able to mature them and nurture them and, and, and water them and grow them and, and, and have it to where now you, you have a, you know, you have something to look back on and go, man, look at this. I'm going to get ready to move into a 24,000 square foot building with whiskey bent and old boy in my, in my podcast and all this. It's awesome. It's, but it yeah, takes a it, lot of work. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. And, and I, I you know, I, I did a, a podcast with Denny, you know, a month or two ago, and one of the things he said really resonated with me, and it kind of sums up what we're talking about here. And he says, you know, sometimes you're fortunate to get to a point in life where you can start to choose to work with the people that you want to work with. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and I, I feel like we're both blessed in that way. And I feel like anybody that has that same drive and passion and work ethic can achieve the same, you know? And for me, you know, if you ever look back in business history, Every time there's been a a large amount of layoffs in the in the global economy, usually within two to five years, you see a big influx of entrepreneurs. Because during that time of uncertainty, people struggle with that thought of, okay, I just got, you know, I feel like I do a great job. I just got laid off just because of shit that's out of my control. Do I ever want to be in that position again? And some people will go, you know what? Hell no, I don't want to. Here's what I'm passionate about. I'm going to figure it out. And they may go take a job, but that makes them start a side hustle, right? And so they, they take that job to make sure the mortgage is covered, the bills are paid, the family's fed. But that layoff sparks something in them that I want to control more of my own destiny. And, and, and don't push that down or don't fight it. I'm not saying you got to take that huge leap of faith. You know, hey, hey, if you want to, go for it. But don't let just because you get another job don't bury that feeling you know what i mean continue in your free time to to blossom to take a look at that to explore it to see what it would take to do it uh just don't give up on it and i think we'll see some of that with with all the layoffs we've seen in the last six to nine months yeah i couldn't agree more and i think that you know it's a big step it's a big risk but a risk the only risk is a risk not taken and that i don't know if the entrepreneurial spirit can be learned i think it's something you might have to be born with but yeah you can learn business and you can learn to surround yourself with the right people and put the right butts in the right seats and, and make something go. You just got to know that you go into business on your own. It's, it's 24 hour gig, man. I I mean, I go to bed, taking notes. I wake up taking notes. I'm always on, I'm always working. And I know you're, you're doing the same. It's, it's a different kind of lifestyle, but man, I'm so blessed to live it. And it's, it's, it's one of those things I'm going to end it by saying this. And I want to talk to you about this offline is that in a, in a life like this, opportunities are are in the masses you i get calls every day about do you want to come here do you want to do this do you want to do that you got to pick and choose i get that but you you start to develop so many friendships and so much work needs to be done to maintain those friendships and a lot of times we get off course because something new pops up or a new family starts whatever it is and it's it's not fair to those friendships and the mental the mental stigma that I have is I'm not doing enough to my, fr with my friends 
because I got so many people are coming into my life, which I'm not bitching about. I'm just saying that you have to work hard at maintaining those friendships because it's not fair to those relationships or friendships. You could easily live by the ideology or the adage that, hey, if it's meant to be, it's going to stay. Well, me and you have a great friendship. Me and you get together. We're like buddies, me and Tim Montana, but we don't talk nearly enough. We don't see each other nearly enough. We don't try to do things nearly enough together because we got so much coming at us all of the freaking time. And to me, that's not fair to what could become a proper friendship for the future and lifelong longevity legacy type of thing. So me and you need to talk about that offline because I miss you, brother. I'm proud that you were on the show. I love having you here. And I hope one day I can come on to the old boy podcast. They'd love to return the favor. And one thing I would just like to add on to that, and, and that is so true, everything you said, Belding, that's so spot on. And, and one of the things I will say, like if you look at when I got into this business and really was running hard, you know, six, seven years ago compared to now, you've got so many more relationships. You've got so much more stuff on your plate. So the one thing for me that I've probably cut back on more than I probably ever thought I would is a bit of the party. You know what I mean? Dude, can still have a good time. Let's still throw back a couple Yetis and Tito's, et cetera. But we may not go till 2 anymore. We may go till 11, 11.30. Because used to when I didn't give a shit about being hungover, getting up a little bit late the next day, now I know, hell, if I don't start at 7, I'm already starting behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, 100%. And, and, and so I, I think sometimes you get that mind shift as, you, you know, just priorities change, right? Yeah. Um, but but I I think that's cool and we just evolve as those things happen. But I agree, man. You get so many irons in the fire, and you know you get a text from somebody and you're like, shit, I haven't talked to them in like four or five months, and yep. can't, can't believe I missed it. You know, so I'm trying to be more thoughtful about those times where we can't do anything else. You're stuck on an airplane, dude. You you can with an iPhone you can text on damn near every airplane now. Yeah, I'll get through my phone. Oh man, I hadn't talked to so and so in a while, dude. Just checking in on you. You know, just finding those times of day where it's easy enough just to reach out, check in, you, you check in, if it warrants it, boom, it's a phone call. You know what I mean? But but just keeping keeping all those relationships fulfilled. Yeah, I think I I, I think that we there's some talking to do. I it, you know, it's never too late to get back in the in the swing of things. And it's no. never, you know. Um, there's no, never any animosity. There's never any jealousy. There's never, it's all humility to me. I want to live my life in complete humility of look, I I'm doing the best I can, right? I'm doing the best I freaking can. I'm not perfect. F- fucking make mistakes all the time, but yep. I want it to be to where I can go and make up for those mistakes. I want to have a good enough foundation with my core friends and my extended family of friends that I can go to them and say, look, man, we got to hang. We got to go do something. I apologize. I've been on, I've been on the gas. I've been focused. I've had my blinders on. I hope you understand. But, but when it's all comes down to it and you hit the brakes and you hit that slowdown button and you lay in your bed and you're like, man, I'm not really, I'm really not giving the, the love to the people I need to. I'm really not giving the love to the man upstairs enough. Whatever it is, this speedy type of life can get you going in so many directions that you have to discipline yourself to say, I got to get back to my roots. I got to get back to my humility. I got to get back to being grounded. And I, I, I'll go off on a tangent where I'm like, I'm untouchable. And then I'll come grounded in a heartbeat. I don't want to have to have some situation or some human being humble me. I want to be so humble to where I'm like, dude, I'm no better than anybody else. 
I'm, we might have had crosswords. We might have had a bad day. We might have we might have had a little bit of what you would coin a falling out. But in my opinion, everything can be fixable if you're not a complete asshole and you have a heart and a soul that you do care about your mankind and your brothers and sisters. So that's where I come from: is that the Traeger, the network, the companies, the business, the revenue, the wealth, the time freedom, the trips, the celebrities, the red carpets. All of that doesn't mean shit if you can't hug the people that got you there and can't say thank you and understand that it's. It's not just because of you. So we'll end it by that. My brother, my brother, old boy, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but I truly miss you, brother. And I hope we get to hang soon. Absolutely. I feel exactly the same way, building. I'd, I'd love to hang out. And uh, hey, like you said, we'll just have to get together and make the shit happen. Let's do it. I'm coming to Florida, brother. That's Chad Ward. Y'all check him out. Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Traeger Grills. He is the absolute man when it comes to being a all around good person, good human being and a pit master that will wow you i've never once sent this guy a text asking him for some instruction or direction to where he hasn't hit me right back he's let me introduce him to people to that just needed a, a little bit of a hint on a prime rib or how to how to make sure that the dijon is applied thoroughly and correctly check him out again whiskey bent barbecue the rocks the bird the blazing bird the old-fashioned they're some of my favorite rubs i still use them on a daily basis we are competitors but we're good friends can't wait to see you brother y'all check out this song it's another episode of the this life ain't for everybody brought to you by the one and only tennessee sour mash whiskey jack daniels enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking this is my man leith loft and the song is called what you gonna do when the money's all gone all equal that's what i think i don't believe heaven has a bank make good use of your time on earth and don't make a dollar bill all this world because i'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul life on earth won't last too long so what you gonna do when the money's all gone I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?